G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. You can learn more about our church by visiting anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is part of our 1 Timothy series called The Good Fight and it focuses on 1 Timothy 5 and it's entitled Creating Caring Communities. We hope you enjoy the sermon. him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions too so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband and is well known for her good deeds such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things they ought not to. So... I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should help them and not let the church be burdened with them, so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. The elders who direct the affairs of the church, well, are worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain, and the the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may take warning. I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the, and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favouritism. Do not be hasty in laying on hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourselves pure. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. 
The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not cannot be hidden. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, friends, please pray for me as we pray for you as we dive into this very interesting text. Loving Lord God, we thank and praise you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And as we pray about and learn about how to apply it to our lives, we pray that you would give us hearts to perceive it and lives ready to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. So once upon a time, there was a man driving down the road, and all of a sudden, a rabbit jumped into his path. He swerved, but he still hit the rabbit, crushing the poor animal and flattening it. As he got out to examine the dead rabbit, a blonde in a yellow convertible pulled up, took a look at the rabbit, screamed, returned to her car and came back with a can of... Does someone know this? You know it. You've heard it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a terrible dad joke. Anyway, she, uh, she, she came back with a can of hairspray. Meg, can we go to the next slide, please? She came back with a can of hairspray and she sprays it all over the flattened rabbit and all of a sudden, the rabbit comes back to life, pops up, bounds 10 hops, waves back to the blonde, bounds another 10 hops, waves back to the blonde, and keeps going. The man who had run over the rabbit looks at her and says, what did you put in that hairspray can? She simply shows him the label, which says, revives dead hairs and gives them a permanent wave. It's, uh, Zoe said it's such a dad joke, but um, she, she, she found that funny as she was proofreading my sermon. <laughs> well, friends, if only caring for dead animals were that easy. If only caring for people were that easy. Just spray the problem away. Today, as we work through 1 Timothy, we've reached chapter 5, and I encourage you to keep 1459 in your pew Bibles open so you can follow along with the passage and make sure that I'm not telling porky pies. And uh, Shelley did such a good job of that reading. I think we should get Shelley to read through the whole Bible so we can listen to it on, um, on a recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It deserves a clap. <laughs> But we're in 1 Timothy 5, and we've gotten through the theology stuff, and today we get to the nitty-gritty pastoral care stuff. And Paul writes in verse 3, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. Now, at first class, the glance, this chapter might seem like it's about widows, and that's all it's about, so we can skip it, right? 13 out of 25 verses relate to widows. But it's that word recognition that really undergirds this section. This word is tima in Greek. It means to honor and value. It's actually where we get the name Timothy from, which means one who honors God. Paul wants Timothy to show proper honor to the people around him. And this takes time and energy. 
Creating caring communities is about honouring God by honouring his people. Today's sermon, uh, my points today are honour, honour and honour. So can we go to the next slide, please? And we'll go actually into the next slide because we're going to dive into our text. Paul begins by saying, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Over the last four chapters, Paul has been building to this moment. Timothy is a young, nervous apprentice, and he's been put in charge of a group of house churches in a bustling city. There are men with bad theology who write him off, and a group of powerful women who Timothy will need to work with in order for the church to thrive. Since chapter 1, Paul has been preparing Timothy to engage these people. He's reminded him of God's grace, the importance of order in the church, and he's reminded him of the structure of service and submission in Christ's family. Last week, he told Timothy not to let people look down on him because he's young. And you might think he's ready to let Timothy let loose on the people that he needs to confront. But instead, he urges honour. He needs to honour the older men. Today, we often say that age is just a number. But in many cultures throughout the ages, there is a level of respect given to elders. This helps communities thrive. And even though Timothy needs to correct some men who are older than him, he doesn't, he can't rebuke or chastise them. He's to exhort them. Older women are to be treated as mothers. The fifth commandment urges us to honour our father and mother. And Paul extends this honour to older women in the church. Caring communities are communities of respect. So if Timothy is to honour older people, should he look down on people who are younger than him? No. Younger men are to be treated as brothers, and younger women are to be treated as sisters. Many young men today are yearning for strong, intimate relationships with other men. But sadly, when they come to church, they find pastors who look down on them and preach that Jesus just wants them to be nice. Here Paul sees the church as a brotherhood where men can find deep friendships and learn about the true Jesus who mobilized young people to change the world. Likewise, Timothy is to view younger women as sisters. It's dangerous when young leaders are put on a platform and see the people around them as subjects rather than as people who are there, that, who are there to serve. Paul urges Timothy to treat young women in his congregation with absolute honour and purity so that everyone works together as a family. And this brings me to the next slide and my next point and the issue of the day in Timothy's church, care for widows. Care for widows, orphans and refugees is paramount. In the Old Testament, in Exodus 22:22, it says... Do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. Psalm 68, 5 calls God a father to the fatherless 
and a defender of widows. The very first logistical problem that confronted the early church was how to care best for widows. Those without families who were too old to work for themselves had no way of feeding themselves. And so the church instantly, in accordance with the Old Testament scriptures, started caring for widows. Indeed, for the old church, the definition of religion was caring for widows. Look at James 1.27. Religion that, our, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after widows, orphans and widows, in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's the definition of religion in the New Testament. Caring for widows is a big deal in the Bible. People would sell houses and properties just to help feed the widows in their church. At a time when sickness and war was rife across the empire, many women would be left alone in the world and the church provided refuge for them. But sadly, this Christ-like kindness was taken advantage of. Paul writes in verse 6, we go to the next slide. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of saints, helping those in trouble, and, developing herself, and devoting herself to acts of kindness and good deeds. It seems that some were exploiting the free food and support offered to widows in the church. There's this list of widows, which is meant to ensure only widows who didn't have anyone else to care for them got the right support. Now, here's where we come back to the hairspray can. If we think of this as a list of binding conditions for us today, the only people we can help, for instance, are only people over 60 and we need to check up on their past, blah, 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 we'll be spraying rabbits and wondering why they don't wake up. Paul wants us to care for the powerless in our community. Paul wants widows on this list because people 60 years older couldn't care for themselves. And those who were younger could work and often had families to care for them. He wants them to have been faithful to their husbands, not because he forbids remarriage, but because of the role given to widows. They were given a certain status in the church. And so, like priests and deacons, which we saw in the past in 1 Timothy, that they needed to be faithful to their spouses, the widows are held to that same account. And so he writes in verse 5, The widow who is really in need and left alone puts all her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. It seems widows on this role are becoming like the Real Housewives of Ephesus. If you've ever watched Real Housewives of New York or Real Housewives of Miami, you'll know that there's lots of um, conflict and tension amongst these groups. They're using the support they had from the church to bankroll a cycle of dependence that's causing tension in the church family. Look at verse 13. 
they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. Now, these are cutting words, but they're true. Sometimes it's tempting to leave parents and family members to hospitals and aged care homes. Sometimes we forget the importance of family and our need to care for the powerless. At a time when households, whole households became Christians at the same time, Paul didn't want this widow junket to break families apart. Instead, he, prov- he, he writes, look at the next verse, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Sometimes it's tempting to see um, parents and family members as dispensable and to leave our loved ones in hospitals and aged care homes. These facilities do a great job of caring for people, but they can't replace the love of family. As followers of Jesus, we need to see our responsibility to work within the care structures in our community to best honour our immediate families, our church family, and people on the margins who have no one to care for them. We need to ask ourselves, who are the widows, orphans and outcasts in our community? And how can we care for them most effectively? One aspect of our mission as a church is knowing Christ and making Christ known through caring. And it's amazing, in our church, our church wouldn't survive without the support of the many widows in our congregation who give of themselves so liberally and kindly. It's wonderful that um, we have a Merry Widows group which meets on the third Thursday for a lunch for mutual support. And it's amazing how the ladies in this group encourage one another and volunteer across our community encouraging one another and reminding one another that life is a precious gift. Friends, we need to be shrewd about how we care for one another, honouring and supporting the powerless and making that a priority for our church. So let's go to the third honour. Our little boy once said, my dad is a doctor and he begs me better for nothing. His friend then piped up and said, my dad is a baker and he makes me bread for nothing. The third boy said, my dad's a priest, so he makes me good for nothing. In verse 17, Paul turns his attention to the priests or the elders and he writes, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Here again, we see that word, honour. Paul knows that for the church in Ephesus to thrive, people need to honour each other. Calling for church workers to be cared for, he writes in verse 18, for the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is out while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Here it's interesting because 
Paul blends words from the book of Deuteronomy with the words of Jesus from the Gospels. You might be tempting to muzzle an ox while it's working to stop it from eating and getting distracted, but it's a bad idea because, in fact, it distracts it more and the ox might run out of energy. In the same way, paying church workers fairly allows them to care for their families, focus on ministry, and make sure they don't run out of energy too. At the same time, priests, pastors, and church workers need to be accountable. Paul writes in verse 19, Do not entertain an accusation against an elder, that's, that's presbyteros, that's the... That's the priest word, um, a priest, unless it is brought, against, brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that others may take warning. Here we see that gossip was a problem for the church 2,000 years ago as it is today. We need to use our words carefully because they are powerful. If a church leader needs to be called to account, it must be done. But it must also be done fairly. And it needs to be credible. Then Paul calls for public rebuke. Now we might think that private discipline is more appropriate for leaders. But Paul warns that proven indiscretions of priests should be aired publicly. Why? Because it protects others. There are too many stories of abuse being uncovered and then swept under the rug. Too many stories of clergy being moved from church to church to hide their sin. Still today, church leaders who have been unfaithful to their wives or churches can collect their severance from one church and then pop up in another church or ministry a few years later, only for the same sad cycle to continue. Paul wants people to honour their priests and priests to honour their people. Communities of care are communities of repentance, forgiveness and transparency. Verse 24 says, The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious. And even those that are not cannot be hidden. Paul knows that evil will eventually be exposed. Clergy and church workers need to treat people with honour and conduct themselves with honour. Creating a caring community for all. And this is why I want to finish by pointing out a strange verse that I was almost tempted to skip Verse 23 says, Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Um, it's a couple, couple of slides forward. That one? Yeah. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. It seems Timothy has some sort of stomach illness that hinders his ministry. In trying to be godly and discourage drunkenness in the church, which was a problem for his church, Timothy had given up wine altogether. Wine in the ancient world was often cleaner to drink than city water, which was often polluted. 
Now, often people take this verse out of context and use it as a proof text uh, for making um, for alcohol. They, they might say, well, this is why we don't drink alcohol, or they might use it as a, this is why we do drink alcohol verse. But if you look a little deeper, what we see is Paul's care for the community and for the individual. Paul cares for the whole church, but he also cares for individuals like Timothy. And so he's speaking into an individual's problem at an individual time. Friends, we need to see here that we, this needs to be our overriding ethic, an ethic of honour and love. Paul honours Timothy, Timothy honours Paul, and together they want to create a community of honour and mutual respect that grows in care. Communities where people care about each other and about God. So friends, may this passage be an encouragement for us to create caring communities right here in Dolby and the district. Communities which honour those who serve, honour those who are in need, and ultimately honour God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.